days if I'm careful. God bless you, your lordship. She could hear the small change clinking in his pocket as he walked away, and for a brief moment she wished she'd learned to dip like the street Arabs who roamed the East End. She'd been brought up to be honest and God-fearing, and only in the direst of circumstances had she overcome her scruples and stolen a loaf of bread or a meat pie. Before the lure of Jigajin had stolen his health and loosened his grip on reality, Grandpa had instilled morality into her young mind, and she had learned how to read, write, and do basic arithmetic at the ragged school. She tucked the coin into the top of her stays with a wry grin. Not that learning had been much help to her on the streets, but at least she could add up her takings for the day, and she knew when she was being cheated over the price of a fish supper or a dish of jelly deals. She looked round for another likely benefactor but the clerks in their cheap suits with frayed cuffs and leather patches on their elbows were not worth bothering with. They worked long hours for low wages, and their grey faces etched with worried frowns suggested married men with families to support, and neat little suburban houses to maintain. She suspected that the brown paper packages clutched in their hands held their lunch, which they would take to St Paul's churchyard at midday, and devour in seconds before returning to their dingy offices and dusty ledgers. The minutes were flying by, and soon the streets would be all but deserted as the business of the day commenced. There would always be one or two latecomers scurrying to work, their features pinched with cold and the fear of instant dismissal. But they would as soon trample her underfoot as waste another second, and were best avoided. She'd learned early in her life that philanthropy was far from the minds of ordinary people whose day-to-day existence was hard enough, without worrying about the poor and needy. A hansom cab drew up at the curb, and a gentleman wearing an expensive cashmere coat with an astrakhan collar climbed down. He tossed a coin to the cabbie, and was about to walk off without demanding change, when Charity barred his way. "'Can you spare a copper, sir?' He came to a halt, giving her a speculative look, and for a moment she thought she'd struck gold. But then she realised her mistake. He shook his head. "'My dear girl!' What you need is gainful employment. You should not be begging on the streets. I know that, sir, she said humbly. But you see, I've an aged grandpa to care for and... He laid his hand on her shoulder. Even more reason for you to find honest work. How old are you? Just sixteen, sir. And what is your name? Are you a cop? He smiled. I'm not a policeman, and I believe I have your best interests at heart. I'm not that sort of girl, Charity said, backing away. I can see that, he said slowly, and I wasn't propositioning you. I merely asked your name, but you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. There was something in his tone of voice and an earnest expression in his dark eyes that convinced her he was speaking the truth. Me name's Charity, she said reluctantly. Charity Cross. Now you know, so push off and leave me to earn a crust. Charity, he said slowly. It seems apt. I only beg because we've fallen on our times, and I can't find work. She glanced down at her soiled and ragged skirts. The uppers of her shabby boots had parted from the soles, exposing her bare toes, which were ingrained with dirt and blue with cold. So you took to begging on the streets. Not perhaps the best way out of poverty. "'What would a gent like you know about how the rest of us lives?' she said angrily. "'Who take me on looking like this? "'I've tried knocking on doors, asking for work of any sort.'
but they was always slammed in me face. No one wants to employ a girl like me. You would make an interesting case, History. I ain't no one's whatever you said. I'm off. She was about to walk away when he caught her by the sleeve. Don't be frightened, Charity. I mean you no harm. They always say that. I know your salt. He shook his head. No, you've misunderstood my motives. I'm an academic and a lecturer at University College. You must have heard of it. It was her turn to look baffled. No, sir. Like I said, I'm off. So kindly let go of my sleeve or I'll have to call a copper. I'm conducting a study on social anthropology. Your case interests me. I've got no idea what you're talking about, Charity said, wrenching free from his grasp. And I ain't a case. Now, if your lordship will excuse me, I'm moving on.